0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the San Francisco Historic Preservation Commission.
1: Indeed. Um, Good afternoon, and welcome to the Historic Preservation Commission regular hearing for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. To enable public participation, SFGovTV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will receive public comment for each discussion or action item on today's agenda. Each speaker will be allowed up to three minutes, and when you have 30 seconds remaining, you will hear a chime indicating your time is almost up. When your allotted time is reached, I will announce that your time is up and take the next person queued to speak. We will take public comment from persons in City Hall first and then open up the remote access lines. For those persons participating via WebEx, the password is HPC 2023, uh, and you need to raise your hand um, when public comment is called for the item you're interested in speaking to for those persons calling in to submit their testimony you need to call area code 415-655-0001 and enter access code 26630321495 and then press pound twice Um, to comment you need to enter star three to raise your hand and once you've raised your hand you will hear a prompt stating that you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear that you are unmuted, that is your indication to begin speaking. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, and please mute the volume on your television or computer. For those persons attending in City Hall, please line up on the screen side of the room or to your right, and please speak clearly and slowly, and if you care to, state your name for the records. I ask that we all silence our mobile devices that may sound off during these proceedings. And at this time, I will take roll. Commission President Matsuda. Here. Commission Vice President Nagas Warren. Here. Welcome, Commissioner Campbell. Here. Commissioner Vergara. Here. And Commissioner Wright. Here. Uh, We expect Commissioner Foley absent today. Uh, commissioners first on your agenda is general public comment at this time members of the public may address the Commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the Commission except agenda items with respect to agenda items your opportunity to address the Commission will be afforded when the item is reached in the meeting each member of the public may address the Commission for up to three minutes
2: good afternoon my name is Woody Lebounty. I'm the president and CEO of San Francisco Heritage I want to welcome Commissioner Campbell Today to the Commission. Uh, and I just wanted to briefly address an issue that came up at your last meeting about the state housing production bills and how we as a city address some of the provisions within them in regard to historic resources. Um, so, a great example of this, I feel like, is the state density bonus uh, program, which I think you're hearing one to, today.
1: I'm going to interrupt you for yeah. a moment. You may not have noticed, but that. There is an item on today's agenda. I'm
2: not going to address that item. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. I'm going to address the program <laughs> real quick. So um, about that, I do feel like there is an opportunity to take our Article Ten landmarks and maybe bring them en mass to the National Register or California Register, so that they are actually taken into account in these state density bonus program projects. Um, I. You know, usually, as Mr. Sucre told you last week, it's a long process to get on the California Register, but maybe our restrictions, actually our regulations to get a local designation are a lot stricter than many other municipalities. There might be an opportunity to take the more than 300 Article 10 landmarks to the California Register and provide some clarity uh, when people want to apply the state density bonus program. And that's it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, seeing no other people in the chamber's last call for general public comment. Seeing no additional requests to speak, commissioners, general public comment is closed and we can move on to department matters. Item one, de- department announcements. Good afternoon, commissioners. Rich Choucray, department staff. Um, the only
3: item that I have as an update for you is just providing an update on your landmark designation work program. I Just want to let you know that the Chateau Gutierrez mural, um, which you heard a couple of weeks ago, is making its way to the full board. Um, so other than that, um, other landmark designations are nearing um, effective date, including the Colombo Market Arch, um, mm-hmm. which was introduced by Supervisor Peskin. Um, and that
1: concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you. There are no questions for Mr. Sucre we can move on to Commission matters item 2 consideration of adoption (coughs) draft minutes for October 18th 2023 members of the public this is your opportunity to address the Commission on their minutes in the chambers please come forward if you're calling in remotely you need to press star 3 or raise your hand via WebEx. Uh, Okay. Um, Let's go to our remote caller. Go ahead, caller. Caller, you have been unmuted. Okay. Um, last call for public comment Do you want to speak? on the minutes. Yeah. You want we'll try okay. yes. unmuting you one more time. Okay. Um, with that, commissioners, public comment is closed on the minutes, and they are now before you.
4: Um, yeah, I, I just have one question um, on item number eight. Just the way that the the, the, uh, the vote was documented, um, that was the um, the nonprofit arts education special use district. Um, since commissioners Nagaswaran and I. um uh, uh, needed to be recused, um, but then we're both also listed under the uh, the yeses. Uh, so it, could there be some clarity on well, the way the, that's the, documented?
1: I, it's awkward, I, I agree. Um, but the action that is documented is that you are recused. So that's the action you voted on. And all commissioners vote on the recusal, inclu- including the person requesting the recusal. And so then the, the item action. was
4: not voted on. Excuse me? And then the item was not voted on. Um, well, we lost our quorum. Yes, yes. Okay.
1: So there was no other action that could be taken. Just it's, so it clear as much. awkward, I know. It's never happened in my to the best of my <laughs> Thanks, knowledge. Thanks, Jonas. <laughs> Is
5: there
1: a motion to adopt your minutes?
6: I'll, I'll move to adopt the minutes.
7: Second.
1: Thank you, commissioners. On that motion to adopt your minutes for October 3rd, when was that? Yeah, October 18th. Commissioner Campbell. Yes. Commissioner Vergara. Yes. Commissioner Wright. Yes. Commissioner Nagas Warren. Yes. And Commission President Matsuda. Yes. So move commissioners that motion, un- motion passes unanimously five to zero. Uh, and we will have a similar situation today. Commissioner we Wright. <laughs> With that, we can move on to item three, Commission comments and questions
0: uh, okay i if it's okay, I'd like to ask some questions, um, particularly about APEC happening next aren't during our next hearing, and was wondering for the public and for the commissioners if city hall will be in any way affected in terms of
1: city hall will be affected the week of um,
0: the 15th. November eleventh
1: yeah. okay um, however. To the best of my knowledge, and in working with building management here, our hearing on Wednesday will not be affected. Okay. Uh, the Planning Commission has has moved its hearing up to ten a.m. and we'll have a hard stop at three three thirty uh, due to an e- event in the evening. But my understanding thus far, and things change, um, that we will not be impacted on November. 6th what is it 15th
0: 15th right yeah. so we will have our HPC we will have at our hearing same at we the regular do. time okay.
1: and again as of today we will not be impacted but Great. things change okay. quickly. okay
0: well let us know thank you yeah um, and then I also wanted to welcome back our city attorney we are very happy Andrea that you are back with us at the HPC and to welcome our new commissioner and uh, maybe ask our new commissioner to say a few words uh, And and then the final thing I have is, um, I had the um, great opportunity to have a virtual call with members of the uh, various cultural districts in the city and county of San Francisco right before our meeting today. And it was um, very interesting to hear uh, their comments. And one of their comments was uh, about how we can further explore intangible resources when we make decisions. And I thought that was a really good point. I thought that we could work with Mr. Sucre to see how we can schedule something like that, an informational meeting or something like that in the future. Thank you. So Commissioner Campbell, right. welcome.
8: Well, thank you, and um, thanks for the warm welcome. So my name is Amy Campbell. I, um, I've i been a practicing architect for six, 16 years. I've been a resident of San Francisco on and off for about 18. Um, I work at Gensler, uh, which is a global architecture firm um, we do a wide range of work, but we tend to specialize, and my specialty is really working with existing buildings. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with a, a handful of them here in San Francisco. So I'm um, really honored to be a part of this commission, and uh, you know, San Francisco means a lot to me, so it's really exciting to be able to kind of bring those worlds together and make an
0: impact on our community. So thank you. Great, thank you very much. You're welcome. I have no further comments or questions. Any other commissioners? Have comments or questions? Great, thank you.
1: Great, seeing none, if you would indulge me for a moment, commissioners, Um, we expected with Commissioner Campbell joining us that we would be able to take up the SUD matter, um, but Commissioner Foley unfortunately fell ill. And so again, today we will lose our quorum on that item. So looking forward in advance, the supervisor has agreed to delay the land use hearing committee hearing one week which will allow you to take up the matter, but we would need to schedule a special hearing. Um, I would suggest that you look at your calendars and see if um, we could schedule a hearing this day at this time next Wednesday before the Planning Commission hearing on Thursday. Um, uh, To hear that one
0: particular matter. To take up that one particular matter. Uh
1: Commissioners right and Nargis Warren, there's really no reason for you to attend. Um, so we're really asking Commissioner Campbell, Commissioner, Commissioner President Matsuda and Commissioner Vergara of your availability. We've already confirmed with Commissioner Foley that he would be available. He is available Yes, At and the other option would be Monday um, if, if the four of you are not available on Wednesday. I just thought that would be the easiest thing to do given the, that this is sort of our regular hearing day and time. I. I believe Commissioners Campbell and Vergara are... So it would
0: be November 8th at 1230. At
9: 1230,
1: yes. Okay. Commissioner Matsuda, are you available? I am. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Commissioners. So we would expect to issue a special hearing calendar for November 8th at 1230. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. Item 4, Density Bonus Law.
3: So, Commissioners, I know we added this item to your agenda. Um, so that we can discuss how the HPC would like staff to address um, historical resources and the state density bonus law. Um, obviously you, had, you received a presentation last week from department staff that kind of provided an overview of the law itself as well as how staff are implementing the law. Um, we're happy to answer questions or provide for some dialogue on this topic.
0: Thank you. I think uh, Mr. Labonte also brought that up as well. And we did kind of conclude at our, I think during our discussion that uh, we would try to figure out a way for us to bring forward all of our 300 plus landmark, desi- landmark designations to the state commission. But Commissioner nagas Um I, I,
7: also, I also wanted to um, kind of have the staff reiterate um, what is possible in terms of review and recommendations on our part and how they are accepted or um you know uh, as cursory by the the project sponsor and also the state density bonus program
3: I'm happy to provide some insight and I think we also have one of our staff, Carly Grobe, on, online and between myself and Director Hillis, we can kind of help provide some more insight. So when we're dealing with a housing project that also happens to be dealing with um, a landmark or a building that's listed in the California Register, if that housing project is invoking the use of the state density bonus law, Mm-hmm. Um, they're allowed to seek um, what we call waivers or concessions and incentives from certain development standards that the property has um, and so that provides for a limited ability on the local jurisdictions end um, to provide for further modification of, the, of those specific development standards um, and or items and so they can waive any number of development standards um, so for example Um, typical development standards that a project sponsor might waive would include things like rear yard, um, front setback, um, height is something. So it's something that is basically quantifiable Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. So that provides then um, incentive for them to basically um, build um, up or more um, in certain cases in exchange for providing for um, on-site affordable housing units. And so keep in mind, this is focus solely on our housing uh, projects and our new construction of those housing projects. Um, as this intersects with um, a, you know, the Article 10 landmarks, obviously we, quite frankly, have very few objective standards that are codified in the planning code that relate to both historic resources and how um, we apply those standards. And so there's any number of um, I, I didn't say any number, but there's a few state housing laws that basically um, provide for very limited guidance in terms of how um, we as a local um, commission and local decision makers can provide for additional um, uh, control over a certain project or, or property. So, Just to kind of
7: simplify it um, because we don't have specific objective standards it means that we can provide recommendations um, but um, they're not required to uh, adhere to the recommendations Um, and but those recommendations go forward to the Planning Commission as well Um, but again they also have to Adhere to the same so-called rails of the state density bonus program, correct?
3: Correct. So the planning commission has the same kind of limitations that the, the historic preservation could have when dealing with certain kinds of projects that um, are in this in this path. So.
7: And the reason that I, I also had the thought of the you know California Register as well as Mr. Labounty. Um, the reason that we are sort of pursuing that idea is because that that does it is part of the state density program to allow adherence to local um restrictions is that correct
3: um i think the point of clarity is that for the state density bonus um It doesn't necessarily factor in the local designation program, right? right? So if a building is listed in Article 10 or Article 11, but is not a California registered designated property, um, the state density bonus gives the ability of the sponsor to overrule or you know waive basically any development standards mm-hmm. that might need to there um, that might that might apply to a, a certain mm-hmm. project
10: so.
7: and though we sometimes evaluate properties um and say that they are eligible to the national register or the california register that does not automatically mean that they are on those registers and which means that they are not protected, protected.
3: correct so a property that <laughs> Is determined eligible for mm-hmm. the California Register is different than a property designated under the California mm-hmm. Register. Mm-hmm. To be designated in the California Register, you have to go before the State of California um, State Historic Resources Commission and then fill out, um, you know, a, a designation application accordingly. So,
7: thank you,
0: thank you, Commissioner Vergara. Uh,
6: I'm wondering if there if there are two two paths to pursue one is to see about amending the density bonus law and also to get I think we have three ten three hundred and ten city designated landmarks get them put under the umbrella of the state or add them to the state mm-hmm. registry do we do does it make sense to do both things is is amending the density bonus law kind of unrealistic but also if we do add these 310 en masse to the, the state register or registry, what do we do for the number 311, 312? Do we have to do it one at a time, then add them piecemeal?
3: Yeah, so I, I'm happy to talk about the designation aspect of this. You know, I, I do think that designation under the state program is something we would have to explore. So I'm happy to sit down with the state office the our SHPO. And see what options we have. Uh, as you know, like we are, uh, uh, the city and county of San Francisco is a certified local government. Right. Um, obviously, we're uh, a government that's in good standing with the state, given our very very robust um, historic preservation program and ordinance. Um, so we're we're happy to explore that and see what options um, that we might have for converting it. I do know that the. National Register, which is our federal register, has a program um, that allows us to certify local landmarks and districts under the National Register. Um, And it's something that we're actually exploring for our conservation districts downtown in particular. But I I will just caution that um, it can be and is labor intensive. Um, We would have to update the um, designation ordinances on a lot of our landmarks, obviously, we you may have remember you might remember that in the past landmark audits that we've had, one thing that we've been mindful of is bringing our landmarks kind of back up to speed relative to race and social equity goals that the commission has instituted. And so we had a very, we had a, a good intern this past summer who started to t- kind of take a dive at that. And so if we are looking at providing for you know updated designations or redesignating something. We'd want to be mindful of that. But again, um, staff, I will just be frank, is limited. <laughs> um, and so we have to kind of handle our designation program accordingly and, and balance balance all of this within that context, honestly. So that that ultimately becomes the challenge on, on our end, is both how do you deal with the kind of program that we have? And keep in mind, the local program has typically been the most robust, right? right? It offers. The most amount of um, control that we typically have had, um, you know, obviously there's a number of sites here as well that don't qualify for housing, right? And so keep in mind that that's also the um, competing goal that we really do have at the city and that with the planning department between historic preservation and housing, and you know, obviously the the two can coincide um, next to one another, but we also have to look at see how resources can kind of be applied accordingly
0: so uh director hillis can i ask one more question of mr sucre before um, i'm sure that we're not the only jurisdiction that has this concern and i'm hoping that the state office of historic preservation will help us to figure out a way because even if it's on the national register it does, it's it still wouldn't be protected, right?
3: Well, actually, the good news is if you're on the national register, you're automatically listed in the California Okay, register. So, so then, that that's a good path, actually, but it's so more do, labor-intensive, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, I, I would like to ask that you strongly have a conversation with the SHPO and to see how we can figure out a way um, to bring these landmark designation uh projects and mass to them t- because we do need to protect them. I mean, that's our job. Our job is to make sure that we protect our historic and cultural resources and um, I, I think we we just need to be very proactive about that. I don't see any any way around that uh, in terms of f-
11: finding other ways to protect them. So I'm sorry, Director Hillis. Well, just to add ahead. to this discussion, I mean one State density bonus does not exempt projects from sequa. So right. that's correct. You still have to go through a sequel process if you're having a material impact on the landmark, there you know, it would go through the it would go through the typical typical sequa process. But I think also you should consider other things have changed at the state level since state density bonus law. I mean state density bonus law has been on the books for decades. But as you know a lot has happened recently with state law, right? We've got SB-423, yeah. AB-2011, which allow for ministerial approval of projects. Um, they've got different criteria as to when they apply, whether something's listed in the state or, or even locally. Um, so, And then we've got the HCD's Policies and Practices Review, which was recently sent to us. So I'd say before you consider kind of weighing in on state density bonus, you may want to consider these other State laws that are going to impact resources. Some resources apply, so you know, in in kind of understand where they apply and where they don't apply. Um, and we are planning to go to the Planning Commission in December with a briefing on those new state laws as well as the policy and practices review. Happy to bring that here too. That'd be great to kind of add on to the discussion you had around state density bonus, so you can kind of formulate some recommendations. BASED ON THAT BECAUSE I THINK LOOKING AT STATE DENSITY BONUS KIND OF IN A VACUUM ESPECIALLY THEIR SEEK WAS STILL INVOLVED right. WITH STATE DENSITY BONUS MAYBE DOESN'T GIVE YOU THE FULL PICTURE.
0: YES I AGREE BUT I THINK WE STILL SHOULD BE A LITTLE PROACTIVE ABOUT THIS sure. SO AT LEAST TO HAVE THAT CONVERSATION WITH THE SHPO SHOW OUR CONCERN I'M SURE THAT THERE ARE CONCERNS OF OTHER JURISDICTIONS uh, SEE WHAT WE CAN DO TOGETHER.
3: YEAH 100 PERCENT AND I'M HAPPY TO KIND OF SCHEDULE a TIME um, AND THEN REACH OUT TO THEM accordingly. THANK YOU. I'm like, BUT I DO WANT TO EMPHASIZE THAT um, IN ADDITION TO THE STATE density BONUS, THESE, these OTHER HOUSING LAWS um, ARE VERY RELEVANT IN THE REVIEW, PARTICULARLY WHEN IT COMES TO HOUSING AND THE INTERSECTION OF HISTORIC BUILDINGS. AND SO mm-hmm. IT ENDS UP COLORING QUITE A BIT OF, YOU KNOW, WHAT WE CAN BOTH um, SAY AND APPROVE AND NOT APPROVE.
0: YEAH, so. YEAH. OKAY, GREAT. THANK YOU. Uh, COMMISSIONER vergara
6: SO IT SOUNDS PREMATURE TO FOCUS ON AMENDING just the state density bonus law, but would amending law or laws be a lot more efficient ultimately than having to go through getting our landmarks put on the national registry or the state registry? Because then that would just cover everything, right? On into the future?
3: Yeah, I think the one thing that we can look at i will say is we can start looking at developing more objective standards particularly within the realm of historic resources and that's something that have been we've been mindful of and then that is what will ultimately help um color this Mm -hmm. conversation and, and in terms of that you know i think the hard part we have with developing objective standards for historic resources in particular is no historic resource is the same. Yeah. So as you try and come up with a standard that applies to kind of the myriad of buildings and sites and um, architecture and you know all, all the number of things that we kind of have within the city, um, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, and it is a, uh, but but that is the way to kind of help. Um, offer up mm-hmm. some type of balance mm-hmm. or solution towards mm-hmm. you know new housing and, and what the kind of important aspects are of a, a property. Mm. Thank, Thank you.
0: you. Commissioner Nugus-Warren?
7: I feel like that, that does seem like a better methodology to go down the line of being objective in our own standards and then understanding the the measures that have been added to the State Density Bonus Program and thinking about how best we can either designate these to the National Register or um, do something else with them. With the State Density Program, it seems like there's such a myriad of jurisdictions and jurisdictional needs that for us to try to implement something that would protect us, may not work for another jurisdiction. Um, In terms of the CEQA process, I understand that they would go through that process, but it wouldn't stop the process. It would just provide possibly mitigations, maybe not. Um, So it still seems like the train would be running through that process, if I understand correctly. Right,
11: but we'd still, I mean, that's why you don't see a lot of state density bonus <coughs> projects, state density bonus project, state density bonus law, again, has been around for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been more utilized locally in the last five or so years, but I think there's a reason you don't see a lot of state density bonus housing projects related to landmark buildings is because, you know, you'd have to, you'd have Go to through move the, through a sequa process. Yeah. And if you're demolishing or altering the landmark, you know, to, to, recognize
7: that impact in wrong path uh, through an EIR. Yeah,
11: so I think probably what could be more impactful are some of the state laws that are allowing for a ministerial approval and state density bonus. You know, and, and in some cases, you could take advantage of those laws, um, even if a building is locally, uh, not land, I don't think landmark, but locally recognized, but not on the state register. So I think that's where, it's, it's more important to look is where ministerial approval process applies in, in where that doesn't does not apply and uh-huh. having an understanding of that, because then that will kind of, you you know, you wouldn't go through an environmental process if something was gonna be ministerially approved.
7: Would the State Historic Preservation Officer be open to, uh, you know, our question whether, uh, you know, there would be a I don't know uh, where they have their statutes, but inserting a statute that says locally designated landmarks are automatically in the California Register rather than having to go through the process of National Register nominations or California Register nominations That'd be best. as a certified yeah. But I think you want to understand
11: which, what additional government. protection are you getting from that? Because some of these That's state true. laws are already protecting uh, I see. buildings that are already locally right, landmarked. Right. So I, I think yeah. understanding that, and that's what we're kind of trying to categorize is the state laws and where they apply and where they don't apply.
7: And in some ways it could hinder the reuse of certain um, you know, buildings that are not used effectively at this point. So there has to be some balance between the two of preservation and also being able to reuse resources and not hit against a wall. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Commissioners just to also provide just a little point of clarification, just so you understand as well. You're, you're also welcome to take a position as a commission. Um, keep in mind that the, you know, for anything dealing with the state, um, that has to run through, I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the mayor's office or the board for, um, any kind of official determination that the city and county of San Francisco takes, on state bills. So, Obviously, your collected thoughts can be kind of documented in a letter that we forward on um, to our local legislators who, who then can enact on it accordingly.
0: Great. Maybe if you can do the initial inquiry, though, to to the SHPO, and then get back to us, and we can work from there. Thank you. Commissioner Wright?
4: Yeah, I was just going to add that um, um, kind of full circle to um, What um, President Masuda was mentioning earlier, relative to the cultural district meeting, um, it would be even more complicated um, potentially um, when we start to think about uh, um, sites that are significant for intangible (laughs) elements, um, less quantifiable. Okay. Any
0: other? Questions or comments from the commission? Seeing none, I think we can move on.
1: Very good. Commissioners, that will place us (coughs) under consideration of items proposed for continuance. Item five, case number 2023-006996 PCA for permits to install business signs to historic buildings or buildings in conservation districts in the C3 downtown area. Planning code amendment is proposed for continuance to to December 6th, 2023. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the Commission on the matter of continuance. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three. Seeing no request to speak, Commissioners, public comment on your continuance calendar is closed and it is now before you.
0: Is there a motion?
6: I'll, I'll make that motion. To continue to December 6th. Right.
7: Second.
1: Thank you, Commissioners. On that motion then to continue, um, Item 5 to December 6, Commissioner Campbell? Yes. Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner Wright? Yes. Commissioner Foley? Oh, excuse me. Commissioner Nugus-Warren? Yes. And Commission President Matsuda? Yes. So move, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously 5 to 0. Placing us on your consent calendar, the matter listed here under constitutes a consent calendar, is considered to be routine by the planning commission, excuse me, Historic Preservation Commission, and may be called on by single, may be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion of this item unless a member of the commission, the public or staff so requests in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item at this or a future hearing. Item 6, case number 2023-002748COA at 1, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlitt Place. Certificate of Appropriateness. Um, Members of the public or commissioners, this is your opportunity to request that this item be removed from the consent calendar. Again, if you're in the chambers, you need to come forward or press star 3 if you're calling in remotely. Raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment on the Sent calendar is closed and it is now before you.
0: Do we hear a motion?
4: I, I excuse me, Jonas. Sorry,
0: um, a Commissioner Wright.
4: Yes, I, I need to uh request recusal from this item. Okay. Um and I would also need to request I recusal from items number seven and eight. I don't know if we should do those one by one.
1: <laughs> we should do those when the okay. item is called. Okay. So for this one, um, do I hear a motion to recuse Commissioner Wright?
0: Is there a motion?
6: I'll, I'll move to, co- to recuse Commissioner Wright from this item.
0: Agenda item number six. Number six.
7: Second.
1: Thank you, Commissioners. On that motion to recuse Commissioner Wright, Commissioner Campbell? Yes. Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner Wright? Yes. Commissioner Lagos-Warren? Yes. And Commissioner President Matsuda? Yes. So move, Commissioners, that motion passes unanimously, five to zero, you can just sit tight. Um, Is there a motion on the consent calendar?
0: Commissioner Vergara, are you making a motion? I'm
6: moving to approve.
0: (laughs) Great.
1: Is there a second? Second. Thank you commissioners on that motion to approve your consent calendar. Commissioner Campbell? Yes. Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner Nagas Warren? Yes. And commission president Matsuda? Yes. So move commissioners That motion passes unanimously for to zero, placing us under your regular calendar for item 7, case number 2023-008250PCA and MAP for the nonprofit arts education special use district planning code amendments. I understand that both commissioners Wright and Nagaswar need to request recusal yet again. Do we have a motion on that recusal?
6: I move to recuse uh, those two commissioners from this agenda from agenda item number 7 second. Or, or can we
1: do 7 and 8 together on this? I'd need to call 8 together mm-hmm. because this is a recusal for both of them. Got so
0: so I, just agenda item number 7. Yes, number
1: just, seven. Okay. just number 7 on the recusal for commissioners Wright and Nuggets Warren. Okay. So I heard a second from yes. Commissioner Watsuda. On that motion to recuse commissioners Wright and Nuggets Warren from item 7, Commissioner Campbell. Yes. Commissioner Vergara. Yes. Commissioner Wright. Yes. Commissioner Nugus-Warren. Yes. And Commission President Matsuda. Yes. So move commissioners that motion passes unanimously 5 to 0 and as such we lose a quorum and there's really nothing we can do. We can't even continue the matter because there is no quorum. Okay. Therefore we are on to item 8 but just for clarity for members of the public uh, we do expect to hold a special hearing Next Wednesday on the special use district for eight hundred Chestnut, this room is occupied at one thirty. So we're going to scramble and see if there's a different room, or possibly start earlier um, if that can accommodate everyone's schedule. Um, Commissioners, item eight, case number twenty twenty two hyphen zero zero four one seven two COA for the property at twenty three ninety five Sacramento Street, certificate of appropriateness. I I need to request recusal from this one, too. Sorry. Yep. Do we have a motion?
6: I'll make that motion to... Thank you. ...recuse Commissioner Wright.
7: Second.
1: Thank you, Commissioners, on that motion to recuse Commissioner Wright. Commissioner Campbell? Yes. Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner Wright? Yes. Commissioner Nagasworn. Yes. Mission President Matsuda? Yes. So moved, Commissioners. Commissioner Wright, you are hereby recused, and I will ask that you leave the chambers.
12: Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Uh, Michelle Taylor, Department Staff. The item before you is a request for a certificate of appropriateness for the property at 2395 Sacramento Street, which is locally designated landmark number. 115 under Article 10 of the Planning Code. The property is not listed on the California Register of Historic Resources or na- National Register of Historic Places. 2395 Sacramento Street is a former medical library constructed in 1912 and designed by architect of merit, Albert Pissis in the Beaux Arts style. It is a detached corner building that is adjacent to a parking lot to the east and a vacant lot to the south. All elevations are visible from the street, with the ornate elevations being at Sacramento Street to the north, Webster Street to the west, and the partially visible south elevation, which faces onto the vacant lot. The elevation on the east features a blank and utilitarian concrete wall and lacks any notable details. The ornate facade of the subject building are composed in a tripartite massing and include classically inspired Features such as simple entablature door surrounds, pilasters with ornamental capitals, and a projecting belt course with dental details. The proposed project involves rehabilitation of 2395 Sacramento Street and development of an adjacent vacant lot to the south to accommodate 24 dwelling units utilizing the individual requested state density bonus program. The scope of work includes construction of a seven-story over-basement addition at the east elevation of the subject building and to the south, a six-story addition accessible through a four-story glass connector that would be set back 45 feet from the property line. At the southern elevation, the proposed project scope also includes enlarging some windows, window openings to accommodate the glass connector and partial bearing of the ground elevation. Both the southern and eastern additions will be clad in GFRC panels and vertically oriented zinc panels and feature aluminum frame windows. Alterations on the north and west elevations of 2395 Sacramento Street include new selective openings at the first floor, And at the roof level of the historic building, work includes new openings to accommodate skylights and balconies and replacement of the existing elevator penthouse, a non-contributing feature with a taller elevator run with a larger footprint. The planning commission is scheduled to hear the project on November 9th and will be reviewing the whole of the project, including a conditional use authorization and findings under the state density bonus program. In addition to the letters of support you have received prior to the hearing, the department has received inquiries for general information about the proposed project from three neighbors, along with comments from those neighbors voicing concerns or opposition for the project, with uh, some opposition for potential environmental impacts to shadow, wind, pedestrian, and vehicular safety, tree removal, runoff, operational noise, and telecommunications. In general, these comments were taken into consideration and incorporated into the environmental review as appropriate for CEQA analysis. Since publication of the packet, we have received two additional letters of opposition to the project, citing concerns around the size or appropriateness of the project in relation to the landmark building. We have also received a question on whether the vacant lot to the south is a historic property. Staff has identified all historic resources associated with the project and listed the character defined features. The vacant lot is not a historic resource staff finds that on balance the project is appropriate for and consistent with the purposes of article 10 it meets the standards of article 10 6.6 of the planning code and complies with the secretary of the interior standards for rehabilitation in that the proposal will substantially retain the form, the massing, the siding, the materials, facade ornamentation and finishes of the historic buildings exterior. The Eastern addition would be sited in a manner so that it reads as an independent building and it would not obstruct or destroy the historic finishes on the building, features or materials. And then the Southern edition would be separated from the historic building by a glass connector that would be set back approximately 45 feet from the Webster Street property line overall then the proposed work will not damage or destroy distinguishing original exterior qualities or characters of the subject building The overall proposal includes two new additions that are appropriately cited in relationship to the historic building, and the department finds that the historic character of the building will be retained and preserved, including facade ornamentation, finishes, and materials, and will not result in the substantial removal of its historic fabric. Therefore, staff has determined that the proposed project Uh, the proposed project as outlined in your case report is in conformance with the requirements outlined in Article 10 of the Planning Code and the Secretary of the Interior Standards. Based on this analysis, staff recommends approval. This concludes my presentation. I'm available to answer any questions and I'll now turn it over to the project sponsor to present. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Project sponsor, you have five minutes.
13: Do we get five minutes? Yes. Perfect, thank you. Tuya Catalano with Ruben Juniors and Rose representing the project sponsor. So I want to make just two very quick points. Uh, The planning department did finish SQL review for the project, and that did conclude that there are no project-specific significant effects peculiar to this project or the site. Um, Those findings included that the project impacts to the historic resource would be less than significant with mitigation, and that mitigation included modifications to the height and massing that were already done and are already in the plans that are in your packets. Um, This project does also use the State Density Bonus Program. The additional square footage is proposed in the additions. Uh, and not on top of the existing landmark building. And that was a very conscious decision on the project sponsor's part. Under state law, the project is eligible for the height waiver. But very importantly, we are not maximizing the bonus or the height that would be possible. And that's really because of the desire to balance the project's design and massing with the neighborhood and preservation context and compatibility. Uh, We're very excited to present the project to you. And if I could have the overhead, and the architect will come over with the plans.
14: Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is William Duncanson. I'm a principal at BAR Architects. Um, Staff has done a terrific job of highlighting the programmatic and procedural issues before us, so I'm going to focus my few minutes on some items specific to the proposed design that I think will interest you. Uh, Here we have an aerial view of the site and its context. And I'd like to point out with this figure ground overlay that this project presents the opportunity to complete the block. Staff has identified that the immediate neighborhood consists of a variety of building type sizes and heights. The vacant parcels are our opportunity to frame the public realm in a way that is sensitive to both the resource and the neighborhood. Site plan demonstrates how we are matching the prevailing block pattern with front and rear setbacks. And as noted by staff, we are completely offsetting our southern addition such that the southern facade of the resource is minimally disturbed and views from Webster Street will be maintained. Moreover, this allows the addition fronting Webster Street to approximate the width of a conventional San Francisco mid-block lot. Uh, The main point I'd like to make about the Sacramento elevation is that great care was taken to craft a massing for the horizontal addition that is influenced by the existing resource and, and an appropriate scale that completes the street edge. The lower component of the horizontal addition expresses a tripartite party of two bays divided horizontally by pilasters and then vertically into two single story windows, then a double height window, then capped with another pair of single story windows. The proportions of these windows and the pilasters defining the bays are taken from those of the existing resource. The upper addition is intentionally set back and clad in a lightly contrasting material to allow the base building to be the primary element completing the street edge. Moreover, the material of the vertical addition, uh, zinc, was selected to reference the slate roof uh, of the existing resource in both sheen and color. The same approach was employed on the Webster elevation, and the addition is connected to the existing resource through the glass hyphen. Here you can see the minimal removal of materials, primarily existing windows and occasionally dropped uh, down to the floor, or the the sills dropped down to the floor to allow for the passage and glass connector. And I'd like to say that the building section is where the magic happens in the design. Upon our first visit to the building, we were struck by the beauty of the stairs and the interior spaces. And we wanted all residents and visitors to be able to experience and use these elements. Therefore, we use the existing building as both the horizontal and vertical connector for the additions. Uh, And this required tying the new construction floors into the existing floors wherever possible. And where not possible, we strategically located townhouse units to avoid more demolition to the existing resource. The GFRC base material for the addition is in a colorway lighter than the existing resource, contrasted by the darker vertical addition, which will create a compatible street uh, cornice line that creates a complementary street section or prevailing elevation and this is differentiated but compatible with the resource. Same treatment is deployed on Webster Street. Here the new cornice is lower than that of the resource. And lastly, the view of this composition taken Kitty Corner at Sacramento and Webster, and I'm gonna hand it over to Elisa. Thank you.
15: It looks like we're out of time, so I'm available for questions, or I have about a minute and ten seconds of presentation. It's up to you. I think we're we're good. Yep, is commission
0: go okay with what was presented? Yes. Thank
15: you. thank you very much. Uh my name is good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Elisa Skaggs and I'm with Page and Turnbull. We're the preservation consultant for the project. We advised the team on the proposed edition so that it would be consistent with the standards and with preservation brief 14. Um, exterior additions to historic buildings. The medical library has three ornate facades. The east facade has no ornamentation and is considered a secondary facade. The proposed east addition will attach to the library on the east facade and will be set back to allow the massing of the library to be conveyed. This strategy is consistent with brief 14 which recommends that additions be placed on a secondary or rear elevation. The south addition will not attach directly to the building except at the center bay where a hyphen will be constructed consistent with brief 14 which states incorporate a simple recessed small scaled hyphen to physically separate the old and new volumes. The strategy for the proposed additions maintains the character, the historic character of the medical library and complies with the standards. Thank you very much. Thank you
1: very good uh, if that concludes project sponsors presentation we should take public comment members of the public this is your opportunity to address the Commission on this item if you're in the chambers please come forward if you're calling in remotely you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx three minutes. come on forward sir if you if you want to line up on the screen side of the room that would be helpful just leave it right there Yep. Yeah, SFGov, can you go to the overhead, please? Go ahead, sir. You need to start speaking so I can start your time.
16: Uh, Good afternoon, my name is Jonathan. Can you use the microphone microphone. for us, please? Thank you. Good afternoon, my name is Jonathan. I'm the property owner adjacent to the construction project. Uh, It's a four-story Victorian that uh, my wife and I purchased and restored over the last nine years, so we have a lot of interest in maintaining that property's integrity. Um, And I have a number of concerns with this project, but today I'm going to focus on just objective standards because it is subject to SB 330. So on the objective standards, um, it does call out uh, um, a provision that allows for reduction in intensity or um, denial of the project based on specific adverse um, uh, impact on public health or safety. And today I want to talk about wind. Um, there are uh, wind um, standards set by San Francisco and at a national level. SAN FRANCISCO SETS FOR C3 DISTRICTS A MAXIMUM SUSTAINED WIND SPEED OF 26 MILES AN HOUR um, AS A HAZARDOUS LEVEL NOT TO BE EXCEEDED FOR MORE THAN ONE HOUR PER YEAR. Um, THIS IS NOT A C3 DISTRICT BUT THAT DOES uh, ESTABLISH A HAZARD LEVEL um, FOR THE CITY. THERE IS ALSO NATIONAL WEATHER SERVICE STANDARDS HERE. um, AS YOU CAN SEE um, uh, MODERATE Threat to life and property from high wind occurs at the same level, 26 miles per hour sustained or 35 miles per hour um, uh, gust. Um, The CEQA, this project was subject to CEQA, which did indicate they should do a wind study. The wind study that was provided was qualitative only, Uh, it only provided an opinion letter. There was no pedestrian level uh, wind sampling and um, uh, CFD modeling. So I took it on Pond myself to uh, set up a uh, anameter and measure wind speeds at that location for one day and recorded gust speeds of uh, almost 35 miles per hour, which would be in that moderate risk level. I also contracted with a, a CFD engineer to do uh, computer simulation of winds in that area and note the difference in wind speeds from the addition of this mass versus um, uh, NO MASS, AND uh, THE RESULTS JUST CAME IN THIS MORNING. Um, I WOULD NOTE THAT THE uh, SUPPLEMENTAL WIND NOTE FROM THE PROJECT WAS JUST RELEASED TO THE PUBLIC LESS THAN TWO WEEKS AGO, SO there's VERY LITTLE TIME FOR uh, THE NEIGHBORHOOD AND THE PUBLIC TO ANALYZE um, THIS ON THE SECRET BASIS. Uh, SO THIS IS REALLY, YOU KNOW, QUITE RUSHED. Um, ONE OF MY ASK HERE, WELL, FIRST, THE FINDINGS FOUND THAT there was about a 7% increase in wind speed due to the higher mass that was present. Normally, this would be a 40-foot uh, maximum uh, uh, height for this particular project because, but because of SB 330, they're going up uh, you know almost double that.
1: Thank you, sir. That is your time.
10: Good afternoon, Commissioner Jane Natoli. I am the San Francisco Organizing Director with UMB Action. speaking today on behalf of SFMB in support of 2395 Sacramento. Uh, This is precisely the kind of project we need more of. I think that we've seen through the plans and through what you've heard uh, that this is thoughtful reuse of a resource. It's planning that incorporates our past plans for our present and for our future by making more homes for san franciscans this is a high resource neighborhood that we do not see a lot of homes added in this is a desirable place that people will want to live and i think it still does all of that while incorporating the elements that you're concerned about and you're looking at here under your purview so i really encourage you to move forward with this and support this and thank you
17: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Jake Price, on behalf of the Housing Action Coalition, we are a member supported nonprofit that supports building housing at all levels of affordability um, in San Francisco and the Bay Area in general. Um, our project review committee, which is comprised of primarily architects but other industry professionals, reviewed this project. I believe you received a copy of our report card um, from this committee. Uh, the committee gave particularly high marks. Um, the project's land use Um, we felt that this was a very innovative proposal Um, within the confines of this commission um, our committee gave the highest possible marks uh, to preservation Um, and it says here that uh, the project team is preserving the building facades windows stairways and other historic pieces such as the reading room which qualifies as a character defining feature And we really felt that this project team made great efforts to, um, add housing in a desirable neighborhood while maintaining the, uh, defining character of the historic building. Um, so we ask that you approve this project and move it forward so we can add more housing to Pacific Heights. Thank you very much.
18: Hello. I'm, I'm Larry Bardoff, a neighbor. I have a, and I'm extremely technologically challenged. I have a thumb drive with photos that I'm sure you'll enjoy, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to succeed on this. Could someone maybe tell me where I, how I do this?
3: We can ask the staff person to assist. (laughs)
18: That's Which one
19: is
18: it? I think it's that one. Yeah. No, no, no. That's <laughs> library. Okay, start with that first one. Okay, great.
20: Uh.
0: Um, Jonas, let's give him a little bit more time. Sorry? Okay. Let's give him a little
18: bit more time. I've paused this time. I apologize. There it is, it's on here and here.
1: SFGov, can we go to the computer, please?
18: Okay, uh, this is a photo I took on February 21st. It's right outside the subject property in the location where the healing healing garden is. Mm -hmm. We call it a garden, not an empty lot. Um, That tree is an example of wind damage. Uh, We think it's already a hazard. The report uh, that we received on page 19 said that the wind would not aggravate an existing wind hazard. Um, My query to this group is, shouldn't we be trying to do more, work with climate scientists, engineers to design a building that's going to reduce the knowing changes that are going to be worsening because of climate change? Other comment on this picture, (laughs) this is uh, cars owned by Camille, a resident of the JFK uh, housing Association. She is severely handicapped, has a walker, and is very distorted, moves very slowly. Thank God this tree fell on Camille's car and not Camille. She's hardly the only one in the neighborhood that's walking along with, uh, with walkers. There's a, a medical building across the street, there's 2100 Webster, there's a ton of students going to Stewart Hall, uh, Convent, and uh, the Montessori School. A lot of pedestrian traffic that I think we're overlooking the risk to. They want to put the garage in this location as well. And rather than Sacramento Street, there's a lot of traffic. Webster Street's particularly dangerous. The other thing I wanted to point out was this article that appeared yesterday in the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, our state senator, Scott Wiener spoke at a uh, rally for Israel and explained and wrote, he said that. Um, this is, anti-Semitism is now on steroids. The world's not safe for Jews. The National Historical Building on the corner is Temple Shareth Israel. It's a yes. Jewish synagogue. There's, I looked up, there is the Department of Homeland Security has pre- published uh, mitigating attacks on houses of worships. Uh, the only, uh, only uh, uh, nice object in here is that all worshipers are subject to attack. The first thing they recommend is, is run, hide, and fight. Uh, look for an escape path. Are we taking away an escape path from a possible terrorist attack? Has that been considered? Anyhow, I think I heard the beep, so thank you. You have a few seconds left. Was that? You have
1: a few seconds left. A few
18: seconds left. OK. Last thing I want to mention, go to the next one. This is a picture I drew in 1960, before the Giants uh, came to Candlestick Park, before opening day. Everyone was very excited. Folks like you back then were all excited. I was excited. And if we turn to the next one real quickly, the, Stu Miller's obituary. I love to read obituaries. The very first line is mainly. Thank you, to, sir. That, now that's OK. Time. He was blown off the mound.
21: Hello. My name is Samia Ramani, and I am uh, an owner of uh, 2018 and 2020 Webster Streets, a historic house that my husband and I spent nine years working very hard to build. And today I stand before you with concerns about the proposed development next to our house. Historic preservation is not just about saving old buildings, but about preserving the legacy, stories, and character of our community. Our home stands as a testament of that. It's historic resources that speaks volume of our area past, and it it deserves to be protected. However, the new development will change, the wind patterns, and will pose significant threats to our beloved home. We have already experienced the consequences of increased wind in the last several months with the tree blown down, the garbage can blown down, and a lot of debris blow off directly to our home. With the new building proposed to have a zero setback at 30 feet vertical face directly to our property, I deeply worry about escalated wind speeds caused will cause further damage. Additionally, there is a concern about loss of lights. Currently, our home is surrounded by tall buildings in on one side. With this new development, we will, frankly, by um, by tall structures on all three sides. This will significantly reduce the natural light that. Grace is our historic home and impacting not just the aesthetics, but also the well being and the quality of life of not just us, but our neighbors across the street as well, as we will lose the vast majority of the lights. Waterfall runoff is also another major concern. Our property already suffers from significant water damage, runoff from the temple next door, which is set at four feet setback, has a four feet setback. Introducing another building with zero setback only compounds this issue, potentially threatens the long maintenance of our historic home. In terms of aesthetics and preservation, the current plans show a window from the uh, new building that is less than three feet away from our historic windows. These windows are custom wood windows designed specifically to match the historic essence of our home as acquired during our restoration. This close proximity threatens the unique aesthetic of our property. And we do request a continuance because the study that was provided by the developer was only provided less than three weeks ago, and to the public less than two weeks ago, and none of the neighbors have uh, been uh, notified about this. And we didn't have enough time to actually analyze all the reports, also to propose a uh, better study of the better wind study, which I, I, I think it's extremely important for the safety of the neighbors and of our homes. Thank you. Thanks.
9: Hello. My name is Lily Elberga, and I won't be quite as eloquent as everyone else has been. But first of all, I would like to thank you for listening to us today. And I would like to request a continuance, because I feel like we haven't really had enough time to review all the possible issues related to this, and specifically the safety issues. By the way, we listened to your whole discussion about the state density program and think that it's really quite overwhelming, and I also feel like we are, unfortunately, the the benefactors of this um, state density program, which will impact us in a very negative way. We welcome neighbors. We were the only people on our block when we moved in. Um, The Pacific has 77 units, which are great. We've had three new neighbors move in, which, again, we've welcomed and we don't We don't oppose new development. It's easy for people to get up here and say that this is a great program, but they don't live across the street from it, and they don't see what goes on in our neighborhood and how it may negatively impact us. Uh, I quickly reviewed the Certificate of Appropriateness Executive Summary. It's pretty long, and I wasn't able to look at it all. But there were 180 individuals who signed the document supporting the project. I'm wondering who these individuals are. Our block is not that big. And the people that it impacts, it, there's not that many people who will have that direct of an impact. So I don't know how they were able to obtain 180 signatures. But I guess that that's their business, and they know what to do, and we don't. If we had more time, maybe we would have also been able to obtain more signatures to oppose the project. We have been able to get 11 signatures from people who live directly in the area, across the street, next, and across the way. So I have that list, and I can show you exactly where they live. We also um, recently learned that some of our neighbors were approached to, to sign this approval, and they declined for various reasons. The executive summary also refers to a vacant lot, which actually to the south side, which is not a vacant lot. It's, it's beautiful. There's 40-foot trees, and many other people that walk on the street walk on that side of the street because it's shaded. And we have a lot of pedestrian traffic. Also, the glass walkway. Although it seems like it's not a big deal, we see it from our house. And right now, it's nice to have that separation between the, the library and the garden and to, to see light coming through. We're not going to have that anymore. I don't know if you're aware that there was a plaque on that building uh, when we moved in, and it was removed when the recent purchasers came in. I'm hoping that you are aware of that plaque. I think it's historical, and I think it should be replaced. It was a beautiful plaque. Lastly, from.
1: Thank you, ma'am. That is your time.
22: Hello, Uh, my name is Dr. Jacoby. I appear before this esteemed committee today to raise objection to the proposed seven-story building in close proximity to a historical landmark within Webster Street. The location situated between two historical landmarks 2020-2018 Webster Street and the Health Sciences Library play a pivotal role in maintaining the visual integrity and significance of historical landmarks, which are integral to the cultural and architectural heritage of our city. Alteration visible from public thoroughfares risk compromising the historical value of this unique location, and I urge the Commission to categorically prohibit any changes that could erode the important, the, its importance. Thank you for your time.
23: I'm Mark Reiser. I'm here to uh, join Bridget Maley in requesting you continue this item. However, I, uh, I will say that when I wrote that request to you this morning, I was not aware of the complicating factor of the commission hearing scheduled for November 9th. The the purpose uh, of a continuation would would be to take a closer examination of the impacts of the project on the historic fabric of the existing building, especially the complex issues raised by its sandstone exterior, and to enable the engagement of, of San Francisco heritage to add to the information you and staff will have in making your decision. The Lane Medical Library building is a very important structure, both architecturally and historically. I make this statement based in part on my work to organize the papers of Levi Lane and the subsequent president of Cooper Medical College, who succeeded him at his death. The Lane Medical Library is the final and remaining architectural monument to an extraordinary project of private philanthropy from the 19th stretching into the early 20th century. Levi Lane, a San Francisco surgeon, founded Cooper Medical College named for his then deceased uncle in the early 1870s. It is recognized to be the first medical school west of Chicago. He underwrote the cost of the construction of the school, the associated hospital and pharmacy, which accommodated patients who were unable to pay as well as those who could. at the the intersections of Sacramento, Webster, and Clay Streets. And he he underwrote and sustained a program of public education directed at the general population on on health issues. The bequest of he and his wife, both of whom died in 1902, provided the funds to construct this medical library and the expansion of its collections. Extended negotiations in the first decade of the century resulted in Stanford and Cooper uh, merging, and it became Cooper Medical College became Stanford's medical department, which operated its medical school from that site for some years subsequent until its relocation to Palo Alto. Unfortunately, none of this appeared in your report. Apparently, your report doesn't include or refer to the original case report uh, when, of the original designation, which contains some of this information. This public testimony, as I've learned, does not accommodate uh, a reasoned conversation of concerns, questions, or other issues. So I will, in addition to simply calling your attention to Secretary of Interior's standard discussion by your staff of item, the standard nine, I'd like simply to make three comments. Um, one is that it appears not to contain sufficient uh, acknowledgment and recognition of the proper treatment of the sandstone exterior. Uh, you. The long, hard, or arduous experience of Temple Sheriff Israel, as well as the former CHS headquarters in Pacific Heights with sandstone buildings are examples of why this is an issue.
1: Thank you, that is Se- your time.
23: Secondly, I want to be sure that Sir. you're aware of the mural, Sir. the Matthews that mural that exists in, in the reading room that appears to be removed.
5: Good afternoon. My name is Donna Crowder real estate broker in San Francisco. have worked with many, many developers, um, large projects and small, and have worked in the past with uh, the adjacent property owner, 2018-2020 Webster. Um, I introduced them originally to Ruben and Junius, who at one time also represented the adjacent property owner. Um, Both buildings, the medical library and the um, building at 2018 2020 were hist- have our historical resources in the past when working with developers I have seen developers cooperate with and work with especially adjacent neighbors with regards to um, light and visual um, uh, setbacks which is not the case in this um, in this particular project the historical reference of the medical library building with the new addition of the glass uh, conjoining element um, could be perhaps reduced or completely done away with so that the building could be set back from 2018, 2020, perhaps a little bit and preserve more of the exterior historical reference of both buildings. Thank you very much for your consideration.
16: Hi, my name is Philip Chan. I'm the owner of the apartment building at 2401 Sacramento Street, right across the street from the library. And I support what my neighbor said. Uh, it's just a really windy location um, after 3 p.m., the winds just pick up. It's really, really windy on uh, Webster Street, and because of the height of the building, it just uh, affected my building a lot. So that's what I want to say. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon again, commissioners. Woody Labounty from San Francisco Heritage. Um, I just want to say first that if you did continue this, San Francisco heritage is more than happy to speak with the project sponsors and to have our projects and policy committee work on design changes. Um, that said, I don't know, again, going back to the state density bonus and the sequel determination. I don't know what a vote, what your vote means here. If you voted this down, if you voted against this, would that do anything? Does that do anything under this current situation? And are you just hearing this and the neighbors getting to sort of talk about their concerns, but actually you have no impact and we're just kind of checking a box to send it on to the planning commission who has limited impact as well. So again, going back to looking at all the state housing bills, um, I don't think it's an understatement to say, we need to try to get our local landmarks uh, a higher level of scrutiny in these bills being included in these one way or another and we can look at the whole package and all the bills but you know once the sequel was done here you guys have no power I don't think so just that's the statement and then we're very happy to review the project and work uh, with the project sponsors on this.
24: Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Atlas. I stand before you today representing the voices of many concerned residents regarding the proposed developments at Webster Street. Our objections are rooted not in resistance to developments, but in ensuring that any development aligns with the character, safety, and well being of our community. A building of this magnitude will block light to numerous, to numerous neighbors. And uh, the proposed lot line windows threatens the privacy of residents on Webster, on Webster Street, a fundamental right to uh, everyone. Our community prides itself on its rich history. Any modifications, especially those visible from the street to a building with a landmark status, would erode the very essence of our neighborhood's identity. Additionally, Wind speeds on Webster streets are already at hazardous levels. The proposed structure might exacerbate these conditions, compromising safety. Lastly, public safety concerns, such as the garage, exist potential pedestrian safety risks, and cutting off the high-speed Internet, which is vital in this digital age, cannot be ignored. In conclusion, while we understand the need for urban development, it should not come at the cost of resident safety, privacy, environment, and historical, historical legacy. We urge the board to consider these objections earnestly and evaluate, evaluate the long term implications of the proposed project on our traced community. Thank you.
25: Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Catherine Petrin. I'm an architectural historian, preservation planner, and private practice. Um, I'm here uh, because I do have an issue with the, this um, project. I was alerted by Bridget Maley, who submitted a letter to your commission, and agree with her, at, would respectfully request a continuance. But I really agree with her that um, the, the uh, community outreach efforts seem to be lacking with this project. Um, uh, if the, the project sponsor hasn't come to San Francisco Heritage, for example, and nor have they meaningfully engaged with the neighborhood associations, um, it is uh, uh, a significant project that will have a big impact on the neighborhood context, the site, and the and the landmark building. Um, so that that is uh, my concern about. Uh, I think there does need to more be more time for public outreach, and um, I was curious. To, I just noted that Mr. Reiser. Didn't have time to finish his comments, and he was asking about the removal of the Matthews mural from the library building. And I, I don't know if that's um, a considered a character-defining feature to be retained or not. And I'd like to know that. So that's, that's the end of my comments. Thank you.
22: Good afternoon. My name is Shaima, and I strongly oppose the proposed development of 2395 Sacramento as my family home is 2018 Webster and I have witnessed the experience of severe wind conditions with rocks sometimes even striking the building and every weekend there is garbage can thrown on the floor outside because of the severe wind and also there is like very high traffic in that street on Webster so sometimes there is Like, cars stopped, blocked in the red lights, and having a parking by Webster Street with more than, I believe, 20 cars that would go in and out would cause more traffic and would cause unsafety for the neighborhood. We have, like, high school nearby, so there's a lot of kids walking by. There is a lot of adults who go to the medical center, and um, it's very unsafe for the safety of our community. So I strongly oppose this um, project. Thank you.
19: Uh, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Irina Uh So I visit this property uh, mainly as a guest. Uh, quite often, and uh, all the time, I go upstairs of the unit. I feel a strong wind uh, blowing from the different sides of the pro- uh, sides of the property. So sometimes during the windstorms, it sounds overwhelming. It doesn't feel uh, like safe because of the win- uh, this strong wind sound. So and uh, on top of that, uh, when um, uh, during the rainstorms water flows here, heats the glasses and windows and ceiling, uh, so it's quite intensely uh, and uh, uh, the, the location is um, also, uh, the location where these is properties located is uh, super windy. Every time I wait uh, for my friend to let me in, I notice uh, how it feels un- un- com- uncomfortable because of the strong wind in the neighborhood uh, and it's a lot of uh, garb- garbage and trees around, they, they are shaking pretty intensely, so it feels scary even to wait uh, around to, uh, to, uh, to get in. So uh, considering that, uh, that um, the wind can uh, cause uh, the damage of the property and the neighborhood, uh i strongly oppose the development of the new projects because of the safety of the surroundings thank you
1: okay seeing no other members of the public in the chambers coming forward let's go to our remote callers
24: hi hello hi everyone commissioner this is i torment i live across the street I, um I would like to express my support to this project um I really like the, the proposed design of the new additions I think to look great against the, the historic building you can you can easily notice that they pull the, the inspiration from the outside windows but did not try to mimic so a um, big fan of the design kudos to the developers thank you so much.
26: Hi, Commissioner, my name is Ines Serra. I spend a lot of time in the neighborhood. and I'm calling in support for this housing project, which is great for the neighborhood and the city's future. This will also ensure the building is maintained for years to come. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling in to support this project Uh, It looks to me like all the character-defining features are used in this new design. I just look at buildings around it, and I feel like it's a great way to keep the building's historic nature um, while also providing much needed housing in the area. So I'm definitely in support of this and wanted to say so. Thank you.
7: Thanks, Thanks for having me. I'm also calling in support of this project. I live in the area um, and it's obvious that the design of the new building is done with the historic structure in mind. So it's a huge value add for my neighborhood and I can't wait to see housing come to this beautiful building. Thank you.
27: Hey everyone, I'm calling in to support this project. Um, I've lived in this area for a while and have always loved this building, but have felt that it is not being used to its full potential. Um, I, you know, as somebody who has a young family, um, I think their uh, proposition to um, increase the amount of housing, and especially in this very desirable neighborhood, um, is is really a plus. Um, and then, you know, I looked a little bit deeper into it, and their their plans to add you know, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, four bedrooms into this area. Um, it's great for bringing in additional families, um, so I'm calling very much in support of this, um, and I think that you know, one of the important aspects is that they've also maintained, um, or have planned to maintain a lot of the historic, um, properties of this building. Thank you.
28: Hi, I'm Davey. Uh, I'm with SF Gimby, and I live just down the street project. I'm calling in uh, to express my firm support. Uh, Not only do we advocate for more housing, we advocate for projects that make sense. This makes a ton of sense. Uh, The historical uh, aspects of the building are going to be preserved. Yes, it is going to add uh, more units and therefore more families uh, to our neighborhood. So uh, again, uh, this like uh, uh, just a huge boon to the neighborhood. And just to add uh, in terms of transit and transportation, this thing is mapped out right on the uh, number one bus line, Uh, a very uh, busy and high utility bus line straight into downtown. Plus the housing is located next to uh, a very large uh, medical facility as well. So uh, it makes sense for people who wants to either use transit or be close to where they work? So, again, this is a win win. I hope other people see it that way as well. I've been full support of this project. Thank you. Commissioners, I'm calling in support of this project as someone who works close to this site. And as this citizen. I think that none of us are. Strangers to strong winds, what do we do? We just bundle up, wear some windbreakers. I also believe in the importance of adapting and using historic structures to ensure their preservation for future generations. Approving initiatives such as this is crucial for safeguarding our city's historic architecture. Thank you.
1: Go ahead, caller. Let's take the next caller.
26: Good afternoon, members of the Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Jonathan Grunemann. I'm a resident of Pack Heights and the lead with Northern Neighbors, a local urban neighborhood group that advocates for more neighbors, more housing, better transit and vibrant local businesses. We have submitted a letter for our organization and support to the record as well. I've called into a lot of city hearings on behalf of their neighbours to fight rampant NIMBYism, but this may be the one I'm most excited about, and that's why I sneak into our letter the word that we support this project enthusiastically. Honestly, if possible, I'd love to move into one of the units because they just look amazing. The unit sizes are great. They even include desperately needed family sized housing. I strongly urge you to support twenty nine three ninety five Sacramento Street to help with our desperate housing shortage in the neighborhood. We really need as much housing as possible and we do welcome new neighbors as you're hearing many neighbors calling in support and i cannot believe how many people still are here to say they aren't nimbys and then come and say that literally anything is more important than building more housing and seriously if you don't like wind why do you live in pacific heights we have a lot of wind here and on the historic preservation aspect many decorative elements from the interior will be retained the exterior looks amazing in its new form. And just reusing these historic buildings as in many places over the world, buildings have become different, users have changed character time and time again, and it becomes part of their history. And in this case, we need housing in San Francisco and adding more housing to become part of our future history is really important. Thank you.
27: My name is
8: Gabrielle,
12: and I'm calling in support of the project. I think it's great that the developer is, is both um, creating more housing and repurposing a historical building to do so. But when the eventual owners do live there, you'll have a group of people in place invested in keeping the building maintained, preserving historical buildings for decades to come. That adds such charm and character to the neighborhood. Thank you so much.
28: hello my name is mike chen and i live a couple blocks away in the neighborhood uh, and i'm speaking in support of the project i think it's a great adaptive reuse uh and i hope that the planning uh, that this commission approves it thank you bye
27: hi commissioners my name is maria i am offering my total support for this project um, I'm a firm believer that the adaptive use of historic buildings is the best way to ensure their long-term survival. Um, as well, this project is providing, um, the, um, is providing the need of market and below market rate housing in a really high-sought neighborhood. I couldn't recommend the approval for this project more than I do. Thanks.
1: Go ahead, caller. Let's take the next caller, please.
27: Hi, um, good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm calling to express my support to this exciting project. Um, you know that we all aim to change so as possible for this old building's look and to keep the road as it is and by adding all your steel windows to the roof. And then um, as the old building is not really in a good condition, so absolutely it's a good idea to convert all those condos, I mean, to new condos and to bring it back into communities and make it look better. And and we all know that um, creating more of those kind of condos is kind of what naturally happened within the city. So, um, and adding into the shops and offices will fit the vibes of the neighborhood better. And it's worth to mention that the project won't be the tallest in the area. And um, we all work hand-in-hand with outside like historical preservation experts during the whole design process. And for, um, it's also on the bridge on the Western Street, it's made of glass and designed to stay below the whatever they the existing building top line. So um, we generally get the idea from the Berkeley Library and um, it sits under the interior rules. And so um, we all believe that our project site um, will sit well within the neighborhood vibe, and we're really looking forward to this happen as it will bring way more units and it's very good for the city. Thank you.
13: Hi, good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm calling in support of Project 2395 Sacramento Street Project. Um, the architects uh, clearly spend a decent amount of time to research and design so that they can capture the essence of their uh, beautiful historical buildings. Uh, they're doing amazing project in my eyes and their attention to the detail is very impressive. Uh, they didn't really uh, compromise the integrity of the old buildings in fact uh, they making the new design seamlessly blended with the old i think this project will turn into a great result and it will be more uh, family friendly for the neighborhood thank you
27: hi i'm calling in to support this project um, after reviewing the pro- reviewing the project documents, it's pretty obvious that the project was designed to preserve the historic features, and I think that this will be a great addition to the neighborhood. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Last call for public comment. Again, you're, if you're in the chambers, you need to come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star 3 or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, Commissioner's public comment is closed, and this matter is now before you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Vergara.
6: I'm still kind of new to this commission. Uh, I understand that that wind can be a huge factor in in San Francisco. Uh, is wind speed and 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 wind patterns within the purview of the Historic Preservation Commission?
3: Hi, Commissioner Ritchie, Department staff. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, no. Um, wind is not something that the HPC can focus on. Obviously, as part of the overall environmental review of the project. Okay, We do factor in wind and the HPC does need to review our CEQA and um, endorse it as part of your certificate of appropriateness. Okay. Ultimately it's the planning commission that will um, weigh in on items related to wind as well as the um, final endorsement of the CEQA determination on the project. Okay, I
6: have uh, a, quest- a couple of questions. Uh, I think probably best directed to Ms. Ms. Taylor. The, the two proposed structures, the one that faces Webster Street and the one that faces Sacramento, uh, I understand they, they could have been proposed to be taller than than the proposal, and if so, do you know how much taller they could have been proposed at?
12: Right, so, um, I, might, I might ask, uh, somebody from our housing team weigh in on this but I believe it's form-based density and so it's a question of uh, amount of units and the limits of height then can be played with within the, the boundaries of those units.
3: Yeah and th- in this instance the sponsor has ability to kind of shape their project how they want. Right. Irregardless um, of our height limits right. and or Setback requirements, given the state density bonus law, and the fact that they're providing the correct number um, of on-site affordable housing units. So, so so in theory, they could have proposed a building that is, you know, 15 stories if they could show that that is what is needed to justify the production of the affordable housing that's associated with the project. Okay. So, Uh,
6: and then Ms. Taylor, or maybe better directed to the project sponsor. I'm not sure. The, the, uh, the murals, the, I guess they're the, the health and the arts trio of murals. Do we know what, what the disposition of those is, is going to be?
12: Right. So the murals were evaluated as part of the CEQA analysis. So um, we did identify the murals as a character defining feature of the interior of the building.
6: They, they are not? They are. They are, Okay
12: and the project sponsor has proposed to remove them as one of the mitigation measures for the CEQA analysis is a a salvage, appropriate salvage of the murals um, that we will be working with the project sponsor
6: with. So so they will be salvaged? Does the commission have a? Would
12: like to provide any more? They would be salvaged. It would be a requir- requirement of the CEQA review. That's
6: a requirement. Okay, yeah. thank you.
13: Yeah, maybe I could just add a little bit for the project sponsor. So yes, I, we are planning to remove them, but as uh, Ms. Taylor mentioned, the, the, there is a mitigation measure that requires us to remove them carefully. Page and already prepared a memo as to how they're removing so that they can be removed intact. Uh, we don't know the final disposition yet as to what will happen those but the plan is definitely to salvage them
6: no, and to remove them carefully and then pre- and then preserve them somewhere
13: somewhere in yeah. some way and like I said okay. page and will prepared a memo already on the methods for the removal so that it can be done properly thank you thank, thank you. you
0: thank you
7: Commissioner Nuggets Warren well certainly this is a uh, um, You know, a a tough bullet to bite for San Franciscans. Um, I know that there was another development project that was suggested for the northeast waterfront, um, and it was our first glance at what is going to push our limits in terms of what we can, what what can be done into the state bonus density, um, which. Uh, as um, Mr. Sucre had mentioned, has been around for quite a while, um, and there's some added measures in the recent years. Um, so, uh, it, it's, I think, um, people are starting to get a grip uh, on what's happening here. It's going to be a long haul because, um, you know, under this, you know, state laws. Uh, in order to get state funding for producing housing in the city, um, we have to meet certain requirements. Um, and in the last year or two, we've had presentations on the um, housing uh, element in San Francisco. And uh, the the mandate is 82,000 um, uh, units um, by 2040. Is that correct? 20- 31, 2031, okay, so just imagine that number um, for a second. Um, So I think, you know, looking at what is possible from looking at the Northeast Waterfront project that we saw earlier, uh, I think this year or last year, and seeing this, it's a dramatic difference. These people actually, um, the project sponsor and the architects have spent some time to make it compatible. And I know it's, it, at, at first brush, it is an immense thing to take in. Um, but I think we have to, um, uh, you know, take it with a grain of knowing that there could be, it could be much more invasive than it actually is. Um, and I think uh, and I'm hopeful that you know with your comments and your concerns that they're now that you're seeing what they're proposing, um, that there might be a little bit of uh, communication on both sides to kind of uh, get to a, a, a proposal that might be a model for our city where the community and, the sponsors are working together as well as using you know the state density bonus um, to provide more housing in the city but also um, acknowledging the historic resources that make the city what it is and why we want to live here so uh, I, i'm hopeful that there's a balance there um, and just you know i of course You know was looking at more of the particulars of this project and wanting to understand how we can possibly provide some recommendations i know mr labount had mentioned um you know what what can we as a preservation commission do at this point Um, we can provide recommendations um, which can be passed forward Um, and um, you know i know the project sponsor and the the architects are um, being sensitive so I'm hopeful that they'll take in our recommendations and you know want to make this a model project for our our city um, um, so that other developers can see that it can be done Um, so I I just want to ask you know uh, the architect some questions um, if if Mr. Duncanson can come up Um, and I think some of my Questions were forwarded to you. Um, starting with the roof of the historic building, um, you have some openings on Sacramento side for the skylights, and then on the on the south side you have openings for roof decks. Um, so for the skylights themselves, is the detailing uh, I saw one image um, on the you know series of images of um, examples. That you had the skylight and it's it's kind of comes up from the f- from the face of the slate roof, um, and then I, I wanted to ask about that profile and also the material of the glazing, whether it's uh, going to be of a material that will blend with the roof, and as well as the coloration of the of the skylight or the profile of the skylight. So I'll start with that question.
14: Okay, thank you. Um, I have some slides to. Can we have the overhead, please? Just let me know when it's on. Yes. Okay. On. Um, oh, this went way back to the beginning. Sorry. Whoop. There we go. So there's some additional images here to show how the skylight would get integrated into the roof. These are obviously different different <coughs> roofing materials, but in theory, the idea is to have a very low-profile window that is coplanar with the roof plane. Um, minimally remove the existing roof and flash the new um, the new skylight so that it's as coplanar as is feasible. Uh, the finish of the skylight itself would be you know color-coded to match the existing slate roof so it again disappears as much as possible Uh, the the glazing itself would be clear vision glass non-reflective the the roof itself is very difficult to see from the public realm and the image on the left, I should say, with the the pop-up balcony, that's not what we're proposing. It's okay. just a, another image in there. Um, but the idea is that it is an operable, you know an operable skylight. so somebody could stand and, and look out. Um, but when not open, uh, it would you know, recede into the roof plane as much as possible.
7: Great. that sounds um, uh, fairly uh, consistent with the standards and and it would also, uh, would it also require that you cut, you know, members of the roof, or is it reversible? Does it land between um, roof members that it can be easily reversible?
14: The roof is a it's a thin concrete membrane, and there are there are um, major beams regularly spaced. So this would be between those beams, mm-hmm. and it would just be cut out of the. It's a concrete thin concrete slab, so there's not. Regular roof members that are supporting this slab.
7: Okay, so at some point in the future, I mean, if you, you could replace the and slab and us, then put yeah.
14: new roofing back. It is reversible, yes.
7: Okay, and then on is is does this occur on both the north and south sides, or I feel like the, the south side was having some sort of roof?
14: Yeah, this this occurs on the north, north and the west sides, and then on the the south side facing the interior lot, there is. Uh, I think have maybe have a slide for that too. Yeah, so um, it would be a similar treatment in terms of finishes for any new openings, but this would be a bigger incision into the roof to accommodate an occupied roof deck that is there, there would be two of these, one on the west side of the glass hyphen the other on the east side of the glass hyphen for that top dwelling unit that's compromising the entire attic space.
7: And um, is there any railing on on the side that
14: The intention is no. I mean, the intention is for the cut to basically be cut at plus three foot six above finished floor of the terrace. So it's really just roofing and then, you know, a a gap in the roofing that accommodates the occupied open space.
7: Okay. Um, And then um, looking at your section, I noticed that you have um, floor plates that extend to the windows at the north facade, which are those arched windows, um, and I wanted to understand on the uh, looking at the facade, will I see the edge of the floor plate?
14: Yeah, there's some additional lines in the plan that show the mezzanines actually being offset from the glazing about a foot and a half or so. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the mezzanine or new floor plate does not actually um, abut the glazing. It would be set back. Um, if I'm uh,
7: looking at the facade though, will yeah. I see it out of plane with the with Yes, the, it would be out of plane with
14: the mullions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, in general and dur- during daytime, you know, the windows are going to appear mostly dark and mm-hmm. the, the mezzanine itself is going to be set back. So the, the idea is that it's going to mostly be lost um, in just the visual activity of what's happening there. Um, and as,
7: I, I don't recall seeing a railing uh, on that edge, is there there, there would be a railing. There would yeah, be a railing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there'd be
14: an interior railing, just a vertical cantilevered glass guard. Um, so you know it's not it would be minimal in its visual appearance to the extent that there is an appearance from the outside looking in.
7: Can you show us an image of the front facade um, and the transparency of the glass itself in in rea- in real like a real picture?
14: That's ah, okay. probably the best we have available.
7: Okay. Um, so there are uh, multiple muntins on those windows. So yeah. it's not necessarily that it's a full glazed window where you're going to see like something behind it.
14: Correct. Yeah.
7: It, it would fall between some of those muntins um, and not be perceptible, readily perceptible, is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. Um, let's see, what other questions? Um, and also, so the glazing on the new building, will it be similar to the glazing on the historic building? Yes. Um, so the, it'll be clear um, and it won't have a green or other kind of tint to it? Correct. Okay. Um, and will the, the bridge, you had an image of a curtain wall that i think you were referencing in you know that series of examples at the top band i don't know if you have a bigger image of that
18: we
14: we prepared a slide with a few more images to be able to discuss this but in Mm -hmm. generally ideas for the glass hyphen or bridge to be as minimally detailed as possible so it really is a a pause between the two structures Um, clearly where we abut the Uh, the resource, we're going to have to accommodate all the building geometry. So there will be a recessed expansion gap where we can scribe to whatever building components there are. Um, In the section, you, you can see that to minimize how much impact we have on the exterior facade, we're bringing all that exterior geometry into the interior condition space that will be resulting from the bridge. So in order to accommodate that, we will have to you know, scribe this movement joint to all those elements, mm-hmm. but do that in a, in a recessed way that really just becomes a shadow line.
7: Mm-hmm. Um, and so the glazing, if, you know, uh, the bay that you're taking out is the center bay of that, um, east facade, you said, sorry, right? east facade.
14: Yes. Um, so, so, wait. wait, I get all turned around too, but.
7: yeah, <laughs> sorry. South. the one that we're, the one south. that we're touching. Correct. Um, the south facade, the center bay is being removed. So if I'm looking from the street, from Webster Street, um, to that bridge, am I going to see through it that I can see the entire facade, or am I only going to see the first two bays, and then the glazing will um, be somewhat uh, grayed out in a way?
14: Uh, I mean the intent is to use clear vision glass non-reflective so I think based on all different environmental um, in, all different environmental factors over the course of the day having to do with you know how bright it is how much shadow is hitting it you know I think there will be times when you could see through the bridge to the facade beyond and you see the continuation mm-hmm. of all this mm-hmm. um, I think there will be times where it ends up just being you know dark and reflective and you see the 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 foreground facade reflected back, but it's not the intention to have a reflective mirrored um, treatment of that glass. So I think all scenarios are possible.
7: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: I have a question for um, Ms. Taylor and then also one for Mr. Sucre. Um, there was a comment made during public comment about the lack of community outreach efforts. Could you share some information about that?
12: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So all appropriate outreach was conducted, um, including the pre-application meeting, and then the environmental team did a, uh, the appropriate outreach for the GPE which included, uh, outreach to neighborhood groups, mm-hmm. uh, neighbors within 300 feet and, uh, those on the historic <coughs> preservation list, mm-hmm. uh, which we have, and we can share with you.
0: And then, um, Mr. Secret, I had a question, uh, Mr. Labonte made a comment about, um, wh- whether we take action or not and the effect of that. Could you give us some further information and.
1: Sure. Um,
3: So the HPC does retain its authority to grant or deny a certificate of appropriateness. Obviously, as it comes into play now with the um, state density bonus and other housing laws um, that come into play, like we would have to make a fine, for you to deny a project, we would have to make a finding that, um, uh, sorry, I'm thinking of the term and I'm sure Andrea will tell me in a (laughs) hot-minute um, uh, what exactly that you would have to make a finding on so I will defer to the city attorney because the term is actually escaping my head right now
20: good afternoon um, President Matsuda Commissioners Andrea Ruiz is here, deputy city attorney uh, I agree with uh, staff Rich Sucre, that uh, the HBC does have authority here it's not just a check-the-box exercise you have authority under the charter and under the planning code to grant a certificate of appropriateness uh, for this project because it's a landmark. Uh, But what happens is that as the state uh, law has changed, your discretion what to consider when doing that has been diminished. Mm -hmm. So you have discretion, you have authority to approve, this is a permit that you're granting or not granting, but you have to less things that you can consider. And uh, basically you cannot impose conditions, any conditions af- after the project has been proposed and shaped by the project sponsors, invoking the state density bonus law. You cannot impose conditions that would uh, disapprove the project or that would reduce the density or that mm-hmm. would make it financially infeasible. Mm-hmm. So as a rule of thumb, uh, I would I would suggest anything that has to do with the actual shape, the massing, the height, you would not be able to do. Okay. But you do have a preview of materials and compatibility under the standards. So if you think some of these questions about transparency, the windows, the glazing, all those questions are fair for you to consider, I think. Very good. And the only way that you would be able to really disapprove a project like this is if you make uh, findings that the project has specific adverse impacts on health and safety, which are really difficult to make generally.
0: Very good. Thank you very much for that explanation. Commissioner Campbell.
8: I want to make sure I heard in public comment someone raised a concern around
7: the treatment of the sandstone of the building.
5: Did you hear that as well?
7: Um, sandstone is very susceptible to deterioration. Um, so I think that was related to that comment. Um, and I'm not sure who had said it. but.
3: It might be helpful for the staff or the project sponsor to come and elaborate how you're planning on dealing with the treatment. Um,
15: the project is currently um, at the you know schematic level, and uh, we expect that as the project progresses, that uh, uh, we will you know re- reach out to. Uh, Likely a page and Tremble staff um, conservation team to make sure that the Calusa stone is treated pr- appropriately.
0: Thank you. Are there any other questions from the commission? <clears throat> commission willing to entertain a motion?
7: Motion to uh, approve or approve a certificate of appropriateness with I'm not sure if I could say um uh you know staff administrative approvals of materials I'm not sure if I can include that
3: yeah I think that's fair to include a condition if you want to add condition to approval that we review the final materials to ensure consistency with the landmark and the property? Yeah. So more than okay. appropriate. Or, for example, if you wanted to add a condition um, to ensure that the treatment of the sandstone uh, met adopted preservation standards, is also fair.
0: Did you want to add that to Commissioner Nagaswaran?
7: Right. Um, oh, I think Commissioner Vargara had a.
0: Commissioner Vargara, did you want to add a condition to the? If, certificate if I of I could
6: suggest the, the condition that the. Uh, uh, health and the arts murals be preserved. In not, in pl- not in place. Apparently they I can't. they after, can't, they're, after, after they're, they're, removed, they're removed. that removed. they're removed. I, I should say, yes, removed and preserved. right?
12: Excuse me, Commissioners. Michelle Taylor, staff. Um, the interior of the property is not part of the landmark. Um, so I'm not sure it's part of the purview of the, re- okay. the commission. Thank you. If, I
3: if, withdraw that if the Commission wanted to you mm-hmm. could add a strong recommendation that the okay. sponsor consider okay uh, preservation and you know rehabilitation and uh, of the mural and you know putting it into a publicly accessible area
6: And that's what I'd like to add if I could or at
0: least in the interim to make sure that
7: it's safe okay okay here we go um, motion to approve a certificate of appropriateness Uh, with the stipulation that staff review materials that are uh, for compatibility with the historic landmark and preserve repair and preserve the exterior sandstone facade of the landmark and make recommendations to salvage and preserve the interior Matthews murals
6: and I'll second that
1: did Commissioner Campbell have any additional comments Okay, very good. If there's nothing further, commissioners, there's a motion that has been seconded to approve um, as amended, including a condition uh, for staff to review final materials for compatibility and treatment of the sandstone, meet the Secretary of Interior standards, adding a finding recommending that the art murals be preserved once they are removed. On that motion, Commissioner Campbell?
5: Yes.
1: Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner uh, Nagaswaran? Commission President Masuda? Yes. So move commissioners. That motion passes unanimously four to zero. Commissioner Wright, you may rejoin us now for item nine, case number 2023, hyphen 003458DES. For the Alexandria Theater located at 5400 Gary Boulevard, this is a landmark designation. Oh,
0: I know it's
7: Uh-huh. <clears throat>
8: Good afternoon, Commissioner Shannon Ferguson, Planning Department staff. I'm here today to present the department's recommendation regarding landmark designation of the former Alexandria Theater, located on Geary Street and 18th Avenue in the Inner Richmond neighborhood. The landmark designation is sponsored by Supervisor Connie Chan. And on March 14th, 2023, the Board of Supervisors adopted a resolution initiating landmark designation, and the resolution was enacted on March 24, 2023. The Alexandria Theater was originally designed by architecture firm of merit, the Reed Brothers, in the Egyptian revival style for brothers Alex, James, <coughs> Samuel, Levin, who operated several theaters in San Francisco as San Francisco Theaters, Inc., Alexandria opened on November 26, 1923. On the exterior, the elaborate curved corner element has six engaged columns with papyrus leaf patterns on the capitals and a heavy architrave supported by massive brackets. Originally the curved corner was capped by a ziggurat-style pyramid topped by an illuminated A and on the interior, the single-screen auditorium had a unique concrete bowl-shaped floor with no balcony and stadium-style seating for 2,000 people. In 1942, the Alexandria Theater was remodeled in the streamlined modern style by architect of Mayor A. Day Canton. A two-bay angled addition was added to the rear of the building, and an art deco blade sign supported by a tower and a marquee were also added at this time. The interior was remodeled, including the handrail on the main stair, bas-relief plaques along the staircase upper lobby and mezzanine corridor, and the sunburst chandelier and ocean-themed murals in the auditorium. In 1963, the recessed entry was remodeled with an expanded ticket booth and three vitrines for movie posters. In 1976, George K. Rad, architects of San Francisco, split the auditorium into three individual theaters. The lower portion of the main auditorium was sectioned off from the two smaller, and and two smaller theaters were created at the upper rear. In 2023, the blade sign was removed due to life safety hazards. Uh, Despite ongoing neglect, the Alexander Theatre still retains integrity as all of its character-defining features from its two periods of significance remain. Some of the character-defining features shown in this slide include the curved corner colonnade, entablature and rounded corners topped with a balustrade, the marquee, the main recessed corner entrance with terrazzo-patterned flooring, and on the interior, a few of the character-defining defi- character features shown in this slide include stairs to the mezzanine with dec- decorative wood and me- metal railing, copper and gold um, bas relief plaster plaques on stair walls and mezzanine quarter, the somber chandelier, and ocean-themed art deco murals in the main auditorium. The full list of character-defining features can be found in the fact sheet supervisor chan sent the commission a letter requesting expressing her support for landmark designation which you have in front of you Uh, the department also received 26 letters in opposition to landmark designation and four letters in support of landmark designation from the public Uh, these letters should be included in your packets and were also emailed to you in the last few days Um, i will provide any public correspondence received after this middle Uh, of this report to the historic preservation's uh, correspondence folder. Uh, The department believes the Alexandria Theater meets the established integrity, eligibility requirements, and landmark status is warranted. The department recommends the HPC recommend designation to the Board of Supervisors. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, Projects. Oh, wait a minute. There's no project sponsor, right? (laughs) 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 Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter.
28: Here on behalf of the owner but
1: we don't really have anything to add besides uh, what's
25: already in the packet. Okay, great, thank you. Good afternoon again, Commissioners Catherine Petrin. today um, representing San Francisco Neighborhood Theater Foundation. We heartily agree with the Planning Department's findings that this uh, theater uh, merits landmark status. We're in strong support um, not only based on its movie palace history, we you know we have so few movie palaces left on the cal or the uh, caliber and and scale of the New Mission Theater. We have some small neighborhood th- houses, but um, this was really a quite grand movie palace. It was also a point of pride for the neighborhood for decades, and we think that it can be again, um, not as a theater, but as a unique housing project. It still has. Uh, the potential to telegraph the importance of the original historic use um, and its long term meaning for the Richmond District. Um, I did note, um, heard that there were letters in opposition, and I can only think that that uh, is because people have the belief that the landmark status will interfere with a future project. And I don't believe that's the case. I only ask that you look at other landmark theaters that have been success, the landmark uh, designation has not um, impeded um, their successful reuse. Um, the El Rey, which is uh, in play, the Metro on Union Street is a landmarked theater, the Castro, of course, and the New Mission Theater, another grand movie palace that has um, been beautifully restored and provides housing um, at w- as part of that site. Also, this landmark um, designation is really appropriate, coming as it does on the 100th anniversary of the theater next month, no, this month, November 2023. Marks the 100th anniversary, so that would be a nice birthday present. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Ms. Petrin stole my line, but that's okay. Happy birthday, Alexandria. Uh, my name is Woody LaBounty from San Francisco Heritage. Uh, I have worked on this building for 20 years. The Alexandria theater closed in February 2004. It'll be 20 years in February. I've worked with four supervisors. Uh, I've gone through two entitled projects, um, and I live three blocks from it. So I've talked (laughs) with many neighbors and been very much a part of this building. Everybody wants something to happen here. Um, My... YIMBY NEIGHBORS I THINK WOULD ACTUALLY GET BEHIND THIS. THIS IS A a HOUSING PROJECT THAT IS IN PROCESS. THE OWNER IS WORKING WITH THE CITY ON A DEVELOPMENT PROJECT. Um, I BELIEVE HE'S COMMITTED TO SAVING AND PRESERVING AND RESTORING A LOT OF THE CHARACTER DEFINING FEATURES THAT MAKE THIS A LANDMARK OF THE CENTRAL RICHMOND, IF NOT IN LAW, IN EVERYBODY'S UNDERSTANDING OF WHAT A LANDMARK IS. IT'S A PLACEMAKING BUILDING. So I strongly support you uh, endorse this and make this a landmark. It'll actually provide some guidance as the development agreement goes forward. And as Catherine said, um, I, there's no reason it should stop any sort of re-adaptive, adaptive reuse of this building for housing. So thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: Last call for public comment. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely you need to press star three or raise your hand via Webex. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed. This matter is now before you.
0: Thank you. I just wanted to note for the record that uh, the letter from Supervisor Chan has been circulated to the commission. Did you? We appreciate Supervisor Chan's leadership and her letter of support. <clears throat> Any commission comments? This is a theater that is close to my heart since I grew up in the Outer Richmond District and remember going there from middle school on. Um, and I just really, really want to reiterate Supervisor Chan's leadership in working with the current owner to make sure that this project happens. Do I hear a motion?
6: I move that we uh, recommend approval. Second.
1: There's nothing further, commissioners. There is a motion that has been seconded to adopt a recommendation for approval on that motion. Commissioner Campbell? Yes. Commissioner Vergara? Yes. Commissioner Wright? Yes. Commissioner Nagas warren Yes. And Commissioner President Matsuda? Yes. So move commissioners that motion passes unanimously 5 to 0 and we'll place this on the final item on your agenda today, number 10, case number 2023-001507 PTA at 838 Market Street,
29: major permit to alter. Good afternoon, commissioners, and welcome Commissioner Campbell, Jonathan Vimmer, department staff. Before his request for a major permit to alter, for exterior remodel of 838 Market Street a through lot located along Market Street, near its intersection with Stockton, and also fronting along the southern end of Ellis Street. The property is a Category 5 building within the Kearney Market Mason-Sutter Conservation District and was constructed in 1930 with dramatic and unsympathetic alterations in 1981. The project proposes to replace the existing facades of the five-story building to both modernize its design as well as improve its compatibility with the surrounding district. The Planning Commission is scheduled to consider a request for an office allocation on November 30th. Staff finds the proposed work will be in conformance with requirements of Article 11 and the Secretary of Interior Standards for Rehabilitation. No historic features would be altered, and as detailed in your packets, the new design is readily differentiated from but also relates to the district in a number of ways. These include a tripartite, albeit somewhat abstracted configuration, deep window recesses, retail storefronts featuring the traditional bulkhead display transom composition, as well as the stone surround, and a material and color palette that is compatible with the district without directly copying the traditional masonry common to the area's historic structures. As such, staff's recommendations for approval with conditions. This concludes my presentation, unless there are any immediate questions. The sponsor also is here with a brief presentation of their own. Thank you. Thank you. Great, project sponsor, you have five minutes.
1: go ahead and leave, put them right there. Can
30: we pull up the presentation to the overhead, or shall I do that with the USB?
1: Well, you can upload it to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that.
20: Thank
7: you. Great.
30: Hi, everyone. My name is Lucille Inosensio with OTJ Architects. Thank you for having us. Uh, I will walk you through Sorry, can you hear me? I'll walk you through some of the key design drivers that we um, believe relate very well to the KMMS district. So first off, you can see the site context there with frontage on Market Street. The north frontage is on Ellis Street. The two key retail entries are on Market Street on the south with one additional entry for office on the north side. Um, you can see the building has an irregular figure that's uh, yielding a more slender elevation on the Market Street side and a longer, more linear elevation on the north side. In this slide, you can see the way the building is situated in 3D and its context. Um, You can also see the existing elevations of the building on Market Street on the lower left image and Ellis Street on the lower right image. It's very clear the building is not very attractive and very out of alignment with the current district characteristics. So moving on to the proposed design, this is the Market Street elevation. The goal here is to create a contemporary building, which really speaks back and is inspired by the qualities in the district. We saw a great opportunity here to draw upon the really classic formal design uh, drivers that lead to a very elegant architecture in the district and creates a really timeless kind of design. Um, So we have three ways that we're deploying um, some of those strategies uh, from the KMMS district guidelines. The first is around the hierarchy of the building elevation you can see a very well-organized partee that's showing a very clear base, um, an organized shaft that's resolving in a cornice at the top. Uh, The second characteristic is around an emphasis on verticality. Um, We're doing that in three layers. So the first that's most explicit is the continuous solids that are extending through the shaft and then resolve with the mullion lines at the base. Uh, The second is within the articulation of the um, kind of sculptural framing around each of the glazed panels. We have these offset, um, biased elements that are catching the light in the elevation. And then the third, more subtle layer to the verticality is offsetting the mullion position in each of those bays. That's yielding a more slender glass panel that's kind of dancing across the facade. Um, the third way that we are addressing the um, the characteristics in the district is through the materiality and the palette. So we're using a lighter material in tone for the upper body of the building, uh, which is proposed to be a GFRC um, panel system for the the shaft and then stone for the base. Um, We do want to celebrate the weight of that material by sandblasting it and revealing the aggregate. So altogether, we're creating a a super structured, very organized elevation, which also has a nice kind of underlying sense of movement that we think um, sits really nicely in the district. This is a perspective rendering from the retail level on Market Street so that you can better see some of the articulation. Um, you can see the break between the base and the shaft with a recess, um, a recess detail. And then also uh, we're using metal to frame to create a separation between the stone surround and the glass portion of the retail. Here in this image you can see the perspective rendering. I think the materials are also being passed around that you can see live in the room. There's some photographs of those same materials here. Um, The image on the left shows the GFRC that we're using to sandblast and reveal some of the aggregate. Uh, We've also selected a texture that we feel will um, render the kind of sculptural quality of the articulation around the glazing sharply. We want to really capture the the movement of the sun and see that very cleanly. So we've uh, selected the material and the texture around being able to accomplish that while really appreciating the the weight of the the GFRC. Uh, The second kind of main material is the stone. You can see the image there on the right that would be applied around the base. Uh, We've selected a very durable stone that has a rich quality that you could appreciate at the pedestrian level. Uh, And then we're using metal really as an accent, as a break between each of the other dominant materials on the facade. This is the Ellis Street elevation. You can see it's quite different proportionally, but we're applying the exact same strategy and materiality to the Ellis Street side in order to, um, in order to create a very cohesive overall building. Um, so I think, you know, in the end, we feel really strongly about the design. We've, we've um, worked in earnest to really try to study and understand how best we can sync up with the um, characteristic qualities here, while also having a contemporary building. Thank you all.
1: Thank you, we should take public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via Webex. Okay, seeing no requests to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed. This matter is now before you.
0: Thank you. Commissioners, Commissioner Vigar. I'm
1: just wondering, in terms of the,
6: the facing on the street level part, how resistant is that to graffiti? Uh,
30: in terms of the stone, the stone that was, yes. yeah, we selected a very, very durable stone. So that's why it was selected. So it would be easy to clean.
6: Okay. It's not, it's, it's not, how it, do I want to say It's smooth enough so that the, graffiti can be removed?
30: It should be able to be removed, yeah.
0: Great,
6: thank you.
30: Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. Commissioner Wright.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Commissioner Um, Nuggets-Warren.
7: Another option is to put a sacrificial coating on the base of the building, and then it just washes off, and then you put it on again, but you can decide what's best. Um, I I, I, I was curious to know what was the... um, um, appearance of the glass? Is it going to be reflective? Is it going to have uh, like a tint to it? Um, what was your, um, you know?
30: Yeah, for the retail base it's really important that it's as clear and transparent as possible in order to be able to see the products. So, The goal would be to make the glass at the retail base as transparent as possible and then the the upper glass wants to be as compatible with that as possible while also you know, fulfilling environmental, um, you know, performance criteria. So the upper body of the building will seek to have
7: glass that's as compatible with the lower retail glass as possible. Right. Um, I think I'm always uh, uh, very aware of where, when I see green glass, um, because a lot of places here don't have it. And so when you do see it, it's very striking. So I absolutely mind, want a very you know, neutral tone to the glass. Tone. Yes, got it. But and then, that will be prioritized. And then um, the upper facade, you mentioned sandblasting the facade. And being a preservation architect, I always think, oh, in 50 years, who's my counterpart's going to be wanting to clean that facade? How How is it going to, you know, it'll, it will collect a lot of dirt if it, it is sandblasted. But on the other side of it, if it's very, um, you know, Cleaner, it might be shiny, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So just curious what your thought was yeah, in terms it's, of long-term maintenance. It's lightly moments.
30: sandblasted, so it's not a deep, deep texture, so I think that will help
7: with being able to clean it in the future. Yeah. Especially on Market Street where there's a lot of pollution and things like that. So that's those are just slight comments. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Commissioner Wright.
4: Uh, yeah, I would um, uh, kind of second the... Um, the question and discussion that uh, Commissioner Nagaswaran was having about the reflectivity of the glass, and I, I think that uh, a, a higher reflective glass, um, especially in the upper portion, would be uh, somewhat distracting. Um, so I would encourage you to um, continue down that path of, of um, as uh, little reflectance as possible. Uh, and the other question that I have is uh, uh, how and this is getting a little bit into detail, but how um, are the joints of the GFRC panels like coming together, or um, is there like a joint, a joinery, a joining pattern um, that would be um, visible um, between the various pieces of GFRC?
30: There would be a joint line between the GFRC, I'm sorry? Pa- there would be a joint line between the GFRC panels. The intent right now is to have uh, larger panels, um, so they could be even multi-story panels, so there would be a certain amount of seams, but it would be minimized. Yeah,
4: and and I would just encourage you to think about, um, as you move forward in kind of uh, the details of designing this, that um, uh, like sealant joints often collect dirt and like start to look bad um, quickly. Uh, so just really more of a, a suggestion, um, and think your joints might show up um, more than you think. Mm
0: -hmm. Noted. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Vergara.
6: I just say that in general it's a huge improvement over the existing facades. I agree.
0: Do I hear a motion from the commission?
4: I'll move to approve. Second.
1: Seeing no further deliberation commissioners there's a motion that has been seconded to approve with conditions on that motion commissioner Campbell. Yes. Commissioner Vergara. Yes. Commissioner Wright. Yes. Commissioner Nugus Warren. Yes. And Commissioner President Matsuda. Yes. So move commissioners and motion passes unanimously 5 to 0 and concludes your hearing today.
0: Thank you. Thank you everyone and I will see uh, all of us on next Wednesday.
1: Indeed and um, commissioners there is a slight conflict for this room and there are really no other rooms available so hopefully you are all available at 11 a.m. And I am am assured that the item won't take long.
0: Okay. Good to know. Um, So can you text me? Maybe we could get together.